The Secret Church Podcast is a resource from Radical.net. For The Secret Church 7 study guide and other resources that go along with this audio, visit Radical.net slash SC7. This is Secret Church 7, Episode 10. This is where I've landed in the middle of it all. Scripture doesn't tell me that I need to discern where this is coming from or why this or that is happening. And I don't know if Satan is behind this or that or not, but I do know this. Not one of the details that has happened to me or anyone else around me over the last few months is outside of the purview of the sovereignty of God. And my responsibility is not to cast things out, bind things from this or that place or call down this or that spirit. My job is to get on my face, get in his word and walk humbly and obediently with God. Trust him when I go to the ER, trust him when I'm sick, trust him when the unexplainable happens and let all these things draw me closer and closer to him. And this is where the battle of spiritual warfare is fought. I've come to the conclusion that determining whether or not it's a demon in the toaster or simply a loose wire is far less important than how I deal with the toaster. Determining what's going on is far less important than how I deal with it. So ultimately, what are we supposed to do? I know it's late. You've got to get these two challenges. I'll run through them. Number one, two challenges. I want to encourage you to look forward to the final battle in this war. Revelation chapter 12 is the picture of Michael, the archangel, leading the host of angels to conquer the devil and his demonic army. Listen to what happens. The great dragon was hurled down a couple lines in. That ancient serpent called the devil or Satan who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Therefore rejoice you heavens and you who dwell in them. Ladies and gentlemen, there is coming a day when Christ will be honored as king. And the cry of heaven will be the salvation of God is here. Salvation complete. The power of God will be here. The power of the king asserted in full force and the kingdom of God will be here. The long anticipated reign of Christ, the consummated king of creation will will happen forever. Christ honored as king of kings and lord of lords. Christ will be honored as king. The devil will be cast down in defeat. That ancient serpent of the garden, that great adversary, the accuser of believers, brothers and sisters, his accusations will no longer be valid. They will be empty. The accuser will stand accused. Christ honored as king. The devil will be cast down into hell and the church is going to rise up in victory. The church, us, those who have overcome. How did they overcome? By the blood of Christ shed on a cross. By the blood of Christ shed on the cross, the accusations of the devil are totally empty. They are empty. And the peace of Christ is eternal. But don't miss this. Empty and eternal. But don't miss this. They overcame by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony because they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. 
Victory is attained by the blood of Christ shed on the cross, ultimately, preeminently. But the picture here is also including the lives of Christians sacrificed in this cause. Get the picture. Men and women, saints of God who persevered in spiritual warfare. They did not overcome by means of exorcisms, incantations, rituals, or rebuking. They overcame by giving their lives to spread the gospel. And here's the beauty. These persecuted believers, think about this in light of our brothers and sisters in countries around the world. Persecuted believers share in Christ's sufferings, united their lives with Christ in such a way that his fate became their fate participating in Christ's sufferings, but don't miss it. Now in Revelation chapter 12, they are participating also in Satan's defeat. I love this. Don't miss this implication. When Satan uses persecution to destroy the life of a believer, he ultimately participates in their eternal delight and in his own eternal destruction. Ha! (laughs) Persecute believers. See them killed. One day, Revelation 12, they're going to overcome you. You are going to be hurled down. They are going to experience eternal delight. And you are going to experience eternal destruction. Take that. Satan. This is why Jesus says to his disciples in Matthew 10, don't fear the devil because he can only kill you in this life. What's the worst that can happen to you, Christian? You give yourself to the mission of God. The worst thing that can happen to you is you get killed. And if you do, if you do, then you join a chorus of people enjoying eternal delight as Satan is cast down It's a great picture there, Martin Luther. He said, as soon as God's word becomes known through you, the devil will afflict you and make a real doctor of you and teach you by his temptations to seek and to love God's word. For I myself, oh my papists, those who countered him, many thanks for so breaking, pressing, and frightening me through the devil's raging that they have turned me into a fairly good theologian, driving me to a goal I never should have reached. (laughs) You become a good theologian because of Satan. I love it, yes. Straightens Satan's strategies people of God, just let it soak in. Satan's strategies to defeat you will only serve to advance the kingdom of God in the end. It's a whole picture of the cross. Satan's strategy to defeat the son of God only serves to provide salvation for the sons of men. So look forward to that battle. And second, live now with all you've got to bring about the end of this war. When is this war going to end? Obviously, only the Father knows the answer to that question, but I want you to see a hint in Matthew chapter 24. You will be handed over to be persecuted, put to death. You will be hated by all nations because of me. And it goes on to talk, and I want you to see the very end of this, Matthew 24, 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Did you catch that? This gospel of the kingdom is going to be preached in all nations. Then the end will come. What does that mean? In all nations, panta ta ethne, among all peoples, 
not nations as we would pick, depict political boundaries today, this nation, this nation, this nation, because it was not the case in that day. This is referring to ethnic groupings of people. It's the same word that Jesus uses in the Great Commission. And this is the task before us, the purpose of God, the gospel and the glory of God declared in all nations among all peoples. Now, obviously, we don't know exactly how a people group, how all nations, all peoples would be described here according to the wisdom of God. But we've got guesses, and a lot of folks have worked on, okay, well, how, how are people grouped? They've established, as best as we can tell, a number of people groups worldwide, 11,690. 11,690. And out of those people groups, the number of them still unreached with the gospel, unreached meaning they have less than 2% evangelical Christian, 6,400 of them. 6,400. Number of people groups still unreached and unengaged with the gospel, 5,845. Unengaged means not only they're less than 2% Christian, but no one is doing anything about getting the gospel to them. There's no movement going on among those people to get the gospel to them. Now, obviously, we do not know for sure that our definition of people group is exactly the same as what Paul, as what Jesus is talking about here in Matthew 24. But the picture is clear. I am convinced that this is a verse that Satan has tacked on the wall of hell. Because it tells him when this is all going to be over. And he is fighting to do everything he can to prevent that from happening. Because he knows that when the gospel goes to all peoples, the end is coming. And what happens when the end comes for Satan? He will be destroyed, cast into the outer darkness lake of fire forever. And he is doing everything he can to prevent this gospel from going to all those people groups. And this is why I'm convinced in some ways Satan is just fine with us spending in our American churches all of our money and all of our time and all of our energy and all of our resources ignoring unreached peoples. Because if we're ignoring them, then the end is not coming. End comes when they hear the gospel. So church, let's wake up to the purpose of God and get this gospel to those peoples. Now there's a price there. Following Christ to the ends of the earth may cost you everything you've got. Satan is prolonging that day as long as he possibly can. And if you give your life to advancing the gospel to the ends of the earth, you can expect to be met in force by the devil and all the demons of hell. The price will be high. Jesus said it. You'll be hated by the nations. It'll be tough to stand firm. You give yourself to taking this gospel to those people groups, it will cost you dearly. But here's the promise. Jesus is coming back for his church. He is coming back for his church. And we are going to be a part of a people, a people made up of every language, tribe, and nation. Oh, do we see this? Jesus has said to us, there are people out there. They are waiting to hear. I'm drawing them to myself. Take the gospel to them. That's what we need to see. When we are doing spiritual warfare, proclaiming the gospel, we're not going out and trying to get enemy soldiers to defect. 
There are people, John 10, I have many people, many more sheep that are not of this fold. First Corinthians, or Acts chapter 18 in Corinth, I have many people waiting in the city. God has people that he is drawing to himself among the nations and he's calling us to take the gospel to them. We're not causing enemy soldiers to defect out there. We are special forces going after POWs that belong to God. They belong to this people. They belong on that day when they will be singing the praises of Christ from every tribe, language, people, and nation. So let's go to them and look forward to the day when we will experience his peace and his presence forever and ever. And the battle will be over and the victory will be enforced and the king will finally be given the glory that he is due. That's what spiritual warfare is about. Look forward to that battle, Revelation 12, and live, live to bring about the end of this war. Thank you for listening. You can find more episodes from Secret Church and thousands of other free resources at Radical.net.